0: Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit LifeCenterNYC.com. You can turn with me to John 5. Keith, don't disappear. Yeah, I know said his heads out of the room. Yeah, he said something, and I don't think he was in the first service, but but one of the things that I really feel like the Lord is speaking to us today uh, is this this thing of these dreams in our life you know he he brought up the the oil you know he brought up the the fish the the fish and the bread they multiply when they get in the hands of Jesus you know they didn 't multiply in, until they got into his hands and sometimes the Lord gives us what we need and we need to remember we have it in ours, but we want it to be still in his hands too. And so there's almost like this picture in my, in my life late of late where I've been thinking about just where the Lord has taken me in 2023, where he's going to take me in 2024. And the past few weeks, I'm just like, Lord, whatever you want. Like, here's these things. I'm, I'm currently living out some of the dreams that I had 10 years ago. Like right now, 2023, 2022, I stepped into dreams. I stepped into things that God has promised me. And coming to the end of 2023, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I've been sharing testimony of it, but I, I've came to a moment even these past few days where I was like, Lord, I know I'm walking in this dream, but if you want to take this from me, that's okay. Because I don't want this dream to become my idol. I don't want the dream to become what I worship. I want it still to be from him, you. He's the one. And so there's this constant thing of like, Lord, you've given me this dream, but I give it back to you. And this constant giving back to you. And I I feel like we're in an Abraham season where Abraham was promised the stars. He was promised the sand to be his inheritance. And God was looking at Abraham and he says, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it to you. They get Isaac, right? Makes Sarah laugh. They call him Isaac, means laughter, joy, right? Because it's like God did the unthinkable, right? He did the unthinkable. And now he's mentoring, he's, he's pouring, he's fathering Isaac, they're raising Isaac, they're teaching Isaac. And, and he's like, this is it, I got my dream. And he's looking at Isaac, yeah, the, the, in, the, the, the sand, it's coming through you. You're the promise, you're the one. It's going to happen through you. And the Lord's like, okay, you've, you've made Isaac the promise, but Isaac's not the promise, I'm the promise. Remember Genesis 15? He said, no, Abraham, I'm going to be your exceeding great reward. It's not Isaac. And so he says, okay, now bring Isaac up the mountain, we're going to sacrifice today. And I think Abraham figured it out. He's like, okay, I, I need to make this about God again because I made this about Isaac. I need to make this about God again. And I'm willing. I don't know if God's going to make me sacrifice him or if he's going to provide, but I know he'll raise him up because I know it's going to happen, but I'm willing to lay down Isaac again. And obviously we know the story. He lifts up the knife. He goes to sacrifice Isaac. God stops him because there's only going to be one son that would be sacrificed. And it provides a, a spotless lamb out of the thicket. And for me, I feel like I'm in an Abraham season where I'm saying, God, okay, you've given me my Isaac. You've given me my dreams. I'm walking out the dreams, but God, I don't, I, I'm i putting them back on the altar. I'm putting them back in your hands because I know the the miracles don't happen. This dream won't actually come to fruition unless I keep it in your hands. You gave it to me, but I'm going to keep it in your hands. And there's this constant giving back to the Lord. And so, Claudia, coming up really quick. So I just... Um, I know you've have, this happened to you a couple times, but come here, Keith. We just need to prophesy. And this is, we're going to prophesy over Keith right now. But the reason why I'm doing this, because he brought something up that I feel like is going to happen in this house. As brothers and sisters, as fathers and mothers, in 2024, we need to call out the promises of God in one another. In 2024, there are words, there are dreams that God has called us to that we've been too afraid to step into. We've had moments like Moses where we've had these burning bush moments where God has shown up in a burning bush to get our attention, and I love what Exodus 3 says, that Moses saw the burning bush, that the fire did not consume the bush, and he said, okay, now I'm gonna turn aside to see this amazing thing that God has done. But then it said as of God, that God looked to see if Moses would turn aside, and when Moses turned aside, then God called out to Moses. Some of you, God is calling you back to your burning bush moments, And he's saying listen you actually walked by and you didn't turn aside and i want you to turn aside because there is lifetime promises and lifetime assignments that was meant to be be given to you in these moments where i showed up some of you need to return back to those moments where he called out to you and i feel like he's calling out to you in this season he's saying keith 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 give me the dreams again because i'm going to put fire on your altar and just put your hands out before the Lord we just thank you for Keith this is like the second or third time Keith that this has happened to you. you brought an offering and you're getting a word because the Lord is not going to change the subject with you Keith he's saying now is the time you were born for such a time as this I did not take you through the wilderness so that you wouldn't enter into the promised land I didn't take you through these seasons so that you would just end up where you are I love you too much to leave you where you are right now and so we thank you for this season of 2024 is a season of open doors for Keith. We thank you for the season of living out and stepping into dreams. Even these dreams that you've handed back to the Lord, the Lord sees it and says, I can trust you because you're a dreamer of dreams. And Lord, I thank you for the dreams that are on Keith's heart. I thank you for the testimonies that he's given. These are not just testimonies for you, but he's putting you like a mouthpiece. I see him getting like a megaphone in your hands. And he says, there's a word of the Lord in you, Keith. He says, would you come to me, Keith? Come to me. Lay down everything else. Come to me. Clean hands, pure heart. Come to me and I will open up the door for you.
1: Yes, Father, thank you. And Keith, I, I just felt like the Lord said, I, I love the story you shared in uh, in the tithe offering, because, um, you know, as you've seen that financial breakthrough, you carry financial breakthrough. So I just feel like your hands are anointed for financial breakthrough. And i What you've experienced, you're now going to actually pour out to people, where people are going to experience financial breakthrough because of you. And not only finances, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like your generosity attracts financial breakthrough. You are a man of generosity. Um, And I heard the Lord say as well, family breakthrough. (laughs) Wow, he's giving you generations, Keith. He hasn't forgotten. He's not forgotten. He's giving you generations, generations. So I just declare the word of the Lord, family breakthrough, wow, for your siblings, but also even for your generations, Keith. So Father God, we thank you for this amazing man, God. Ha! We thank you for the rivers, Lord, the flow in him, God. Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you raise him up, Lord. That it's no coincidence, Lord God, what you've done in his life, the breakthrough. Wow, God, the breakthrough, Lord. And you, you will give breakthrough to others, Keith, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen.
0: Amen. Now, if, if you're in the room, you can see, if, if you're in the room and, and you would say, Do you know what, I'm living out a dream right now. Like, there's things the Lord promised me for years ago and I've actually stepped into it and I'm in that season. Can you just stand up really quick? like it's a quite a few of us you're, you're actually walking in the dreams okay listen I'm in the same season with you guys, but I feel like there is a challenge for us in this season where the Lord's saying, put it back in my hands because I think there is a multiplication. I think we've actually settled for the beginning of the dream and we're not looking for the fullness of the dream. And so Lord, right now I speak grace, grace over these ones. First of all, we say, thank you, Lord, that you've opened the door to step into the dreams that you've called us to. But Lord, would you bring us back to our burning bush moment? Would you bring us back to the Genesis moment? And Lord, would you bring us into another season Season of defining moments. He's bringing you into another season of a defining moment. For such a time as this moment, a you've got to be kidding me, Lord! Moment. He is bringing you into these moments again to step into the fullness. And he's saying, "Listen, don't let this dream become the idol. Make me your reward. Make me your reward. Make me your reward. Put this in my hands, Lord. I speak grace, grace over them, grace, grace to step into all that you have for them. If you're near them, if you could just put put a hand on their shoulder just gently or on on their arm. Lord, we just speak grace, grace over them right now. For those of of us not in the dreams, you might want to pray for them because maybe their breakthrough become your breakthrough. You actually step into dreams. So stretch your hands out towards them right now. Lord, we speak grace, grace over them right now. Yeah, we put it in your hands, Lord. We put these These dreams, we put these things, we put these promises, we put them back in your hands, Lord. We put them back in your hands, Lord. We put them back in your hands. And then we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. All right. I know I said turn to John 5. Maybe you might want to turn there again. The title of my message is come to me, or come to Jesus, come to me. And I actually, I really think that we, we need another come to Jesus moment in our life. I think when we think of the gospel, you know, this, this whole week, I've I've been preparing for this. I've been actually attempting to prepare for this message. uh, And really, I I was coming up empty. And I said to my wife, I said, I don't know what to share. And I'm kind of wrestling through, I don't know what to share. And i am kind of wrestling through i do not know what to share and what I realized was I, was I was looking for a theme. I was looking for a topic. And the Lord's saying, you don't need a theme. You don't need a topic. You just need me. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. In fact, I probably will teach thematically and topically sometime in 2024. Uh, I'll probably do it again. But today, I just felt like the Lord was saying, listen, we don't, we, I just want you to share about me. And this this month, I've been going through the gospel of John. I've, I just went through all the gospels. I'm going through through John right now. And John has just been coming alive in me it's my heart has been coming alive has been reading especially the words in red especially these things that jesus was saying and teaching about him his culture his ways the prayers that he starts to pray for us for his church for the believers um and i just i just was thinking back on 2023 and looking forward to 2024 and just saying okay wow lord you've, you've been answering my prayer i think my prayer in january of this year january 2023 was lord keep me steady keep me steady keep me steady just keep me steady and i needed that prayer i didn't know how much i needed that prayer how much we needed that prayer just keep me steady lord keep me on the path keep me on the road keep me on the narrow path keep me steady i've been reading verses you know i set the the lord before me and therefore i shall not be moved you know i set the lord always before me and i, I begin to do a word study on that and before me it's it actually means above me parallel to me beneath me uh Opposite me, basically all around me. When I set the Lord all around me, then I shall not be moved. And that word, not be moved, it can be say, I shall not falter, I shall not um, stumble, I shall not trip. And just realizing, okay, Lord, keep me steady. And he was saying, okay, I'll keep you steady. This is how I keep you steady. This is how I keep you from not tripping, from not falling, from not faltering. Put me all around you. Put me before you. Put me parallel to you. Put me underneath you. Put me above you. Put me behind you. Put me all around you. And I begin to learn the ways of God. I don't actually know how to do this. I don't, I don't practically know how to do this every day because I, I'm easily distracted. I'm easily, uh, you know, the, you know you're, you're tired and you just want to mindlessly scroll or mindlessly go on Netflix. I get it. I've been there. I've done you know, Netflix and binge, like, it's just, I've been there, you know, you're just like, I'm tired, I just don't want to do anything, and the Lord's just teaching me every day, he's been teaching me every week, just put me before you, you've used these other things, these other ways to get peace, to get comfort, to get rest, but those things don't satisfy you, at the end of the day, you're still left wanting, and you're going to wake up tomorrow, the reason why you, you can, some of you I think some of you are gonna look back and you're like, how did I have the stamina to watch nine seasons of a show in, in six months? But what you don't realize is your soul was searching for satisfaction. Your soul was searching. You were hungry and you were thirsty. You were weary and heavy laden. And he invited you to a drink, but we only know how to drink what the world drinks. And he's inviting us to drink the drink of the Holy Spirit. He's inviting us to feast on the word of God. And this whole year I've been saying, God, make me steady. He's been teaching me how to be steady. And we sang the song today. It's been one of the anthems of the house. You know, we're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for you. And at some point through the year, I don't know how many months we've been singing it almost every other Sunday now, I've been saying, okay, Lord, make me steady and get me ready. But can I tell you something? If he's making us ready, he's making us ready for something. I mean, yes, he's making us ready for eternity. where We are all going to stand before him. And we need to know this. Some of you guys need to hear this. You're going to stand before him one day. And you're going to give account for your life. And this life is what, 70, 80, maybe modern technology. We can go to 120, I don't know. I don't know how many years we're going to get, but for every year, every day, every moment, every second, you're going to give account, not for what, just what you did, but for what you thought, for the intentions of your heart, for every action, every thought, every moment of every day. That should scare some of us, okay? Scares me. Like, Lord, help me. Please help me. I need your blood every day. I think it's why the early church probably took communion every day. And we've kind of gotten away from because we need his blood every day. Because every day we're in need of him. Every day we're in need of the body broken and the blood that was shed. It's the only way. It's the, it's the one thing that made a way for us to come to him. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing, okay, Lord, you're making me ready, yes, for eternity. And, yeah, you're making me, me ready uh, today to come before you uh, in the sense of clean hands, pure heart, to come into the presence of the Lord. I, I get that. But I think there's also he's making us ready, Life Center. For assignments that he's asking us to do. And we're gonna go through some of these uh verses. I'm just gonna we're gonna popcorn through the book of John, um, starting in chapter five. You know, two weeks ago I, I took us through one through four, and for me the message was come and see. And we saw this invitation. John the Baptist comes on the scene and says, Behold or come and see the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He said, Come and behold him, right? Making this announcement, come and see him. And then eventually John's disciples become Jesus' disciples. And we get these guys, Philip, and Philip goes to Nathanael and he's saying, Nathanael, we got him. Just come and see. Come and see him. And Jesus goes to the woman at the well in, in John chapter 4. And he, and he says to her, and he tells her all the things that's going on in her life. And when she leaves the well and goes back into the town, he tell, she tells them, hey, come and see this man who has told me everything there is about my life. Come and see. There's this invitation, come and see. And I, I think today, my, my message is come to him. Come to me. Come to Jesus. We need a come to Jesus moment again in our lives. And in John 5, let's, let's read verse 38 together. And he's speaking, to, he's speaking of how John the, John the Baptist bore witness of him, but he has a greater witness than that of John's, right? Uh, for his testimony is from the Father. And we pick up in verse 38, but you do not have, let's go back, verse 37, and the Father himself who sent me has testified of me, and you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, him you do not believe. He's talking of himself. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. These guys they didn't know how to come to him. They weren't willing to come to him. They said, oh no, all we need is the scriptures. And I know there's people today that says, you know what, I don't, I don't need an encounter with Jesus. I don't need that Holy Spirit infilling thing. I just need the scriptures. And, and yeah, we do need the scriptures, especially the charismatic church. We need more chapter and verse. We really do. You, I don't think we could say the charismatic church, they got enough chapter and verse. No, we, we could use some more Bible. We can use some more scripture. But I'm telling you, We need to read the word and we need to find him on the pages. These guys, they knew the word in and out, but they couldn't see him. They didn't know how to come to him. Their their will wasn't willing to come to him. And yet you have eyes to see. You have ears to hear. And he's saying today, hey, come to me. Come to me. Come to me that you may have eternal life. Come to me. I like how... um, Corey Russell puts it. He says, you may know the scripture, but does the scripture know you? You may know that verse, but does that verse know you? I think we, we need to learn how to come into the moments of in worship, but even in moments of our, we're starting a new Bible reading plan, in moments of devotions, in moments of reading the scripture, where we're saying, God, reveal yourself to me on these pages. Yes. Reveal yourself to me in these verses. Show me your ways. Show me your face. And what's crazy, turn to me real quick to John 12. Another scary verse. Can we get scared together today? A good scared. Verse 42 of chapter 12 in the book of John says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. Meaning this, they believed he was the Messiah. They believed his words. They believed what he was saying was true. But what stopped them? But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Now, all the blames on the Pharisees, look at their heart. They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. We need to be careful not to get to a point where the pleasures of this world, the things of this world, become more delightful than the things of God to the point where we, we are not those who confess with our mouth. Do you want to know how to enter into the fear of the Lord and kill the fear of man in your life? Believe and confess. Those are the scriptures telling believe and confess. They weren't willing to actually do the, yes, we believe, but now they weren't willing to confess because they said, but if we confess, we're going to lose our title. We're going to lose our seat at the table. We might lose our job. We might lose our positions. We might lose the favor. We might lose the relationship. We might, we got a lot to lose. I, 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 know, I know this is true. I know God is real. That's why I'm in church. That's why I'm checking on. I believe it but they didn't confess. They didn't become witnesses of the transforming power of Christ on the inside. And I believe in 2024, the Lord is going to put his words in your mouth to confess, to share, to bring forth the gospel, not just for for salvation. I think we are going to go out more in 2024. And that's going to look like more than an outreach. I'm talking about, Go into all your world, to your workplace, to your family, and confess with your mouth and share the love of Christ and share your experience, share your story. But I think there's a returning to the gospel for you. Sometimes we think we got the gospel message and it was for our salvation so that we can get to heaven. And yes, it is, that is true. But the gospel is life every day for you. His bread is life every day for you. His blood renews you every day day we're being renewed over and over by the washing of the word by the renewing of our mind we need the truth of his gospel of his story of what Jesus has done every day come to me John 6 verse 32 to 40 make it easy we're just in the book of John today Then Jesus said to them, Moses, surely I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Pause there for a second. Give us this bread always. Do you know he, he answered to them how they could get this bread always? Do you want to know how to get the bread always? Come to me. When you're hungry, come to me. When you're thirsty, come to me. When you're hungry, come. And when you come to me, you shall not hunger. I will satisfy the longing of your heart. I will satisfy the thing that you have been looking for all your life. I will be your reward. I will be your prize. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. I said to the woman at the well, just a few chapters earlier, if you knew the water that I had, You would ask me for a drink because then you'd never thirst again. Guys, it's not just for salvation. This drinking, this eating of the bread, of the water, of life, of the blood of Jesus, it's meant for every day. It's what sustains you. It's what gives you life. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you life. I will give you a renewing. Verse 36, but I said to you, that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me that of all he has given me, I I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up in the last day. He gives life when you come to him. You shall never hunger. Believing in him. You shall never thirst. May faith. May belief increase in our lives. As Keith was saying. May doubt die. May doubt die. It's just, Sometimes it's this doubt and unbelief. That's causing us to have this. this, this wanting this. This thing where we're not sat, this thing where we're still thirsting and we're not tasting and seeing that He's good. Say no, just believe, believe, believe. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I want to give you a sound mind. I want you. You know the. You know this verse. Uh, someone will know the chapter verse. But take captive every thought. Take every thought captive. Right. Take every thought captive. I think so many times we use that to take every bad thought captive. But guys, I think there's a calling to take every good thought captive too. That these thoughts that he's given us about us, that we would take it captive. And we would apply it to our life. These teachings, the truths that we hear, that we would take them captive. My thoughts towards you are more numerous than the sands. Of the, take those thoughts captive. Take those thoughts hostage in your life that they may dwell in you, live in you, and become fruitful inside of you. Take those other thoughts captive and cast them out, but take the thoughts that God has given you captive and let them find a home in you. Yeah. So many of us, we're still living by the names that we've called ourselves, but God has a name that he's called you. He has things that he's called us to. He has things that he's called you to, and he wants to remind you of those things today. A few verses later, chapter six, verse uh, 48. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. And I love this. I mean, there's a, there is a message that we can talk about on salvation, which, you know, I'll just briefly say, yeah, he's the bread of life. He's the, he is God. Jesus is the one who was on a cross. He died. You know, I I mentioned it in first service. As I was reading this, I was thinking of that song from the 90s or maybe it's the 2000s. He came from heaven to earth to show the way, from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. I know there's got some movements over here. They're doing it. (laughs) You know, and the verse is like, you know, I'm so glad you came to save me. I'm so glad you're in our life. I mean, there is this joy of our salvation that is found in the cross, that's found in the blood and the body of Jesus. It's by his stripes, it's by his blood that we've been saved, healed, and delivered. He is the only way. Jesus is the only way to heaven, the only way to the Father. Uh, But he would institute sometime later the Lord's table in which he would show us, hey, here's a practice. Here's a thing that we will do. What? You'll do it in remembrance of me. You will break the bread. You will take the cup and we're going to take communion today, you'll do this in remembrance of me. And remembrance is not just, it wasn't just an invitation to a history lesson. It wasn't just to remember something that happened in the past. But just as on the day of, of Passover, Jesus gave them the last supper, it would, it's to connect us to the Passover meal. The Passover meal, Jews today, when they're sharing in Passover, they, they're not just saying we remember those who were delivered out of Egypt. He said, we are those that were delivered out of Egypt. In the Passover meal, the Jews would say, we are those that were delivered out of Egypt. We're the ones that were delivered. There is a remembering of, hey, there is a past, present, and future in this moment of the past, and at the, at the table of the Lord, at the communion table of the Lord, there is a past, there's a remembrance of what the Lord has done. There is a looking forward. It says that those who eat of this bread and drink of this cup, they have eternity, they have eternal life. There's a future that when you believe in Jesus and you know him as Lord and Savior and you partake in the, the, the bread and in the cup, there is a promise to the future for eternity, but there is also a present reality at the table of the Lord where Jesus is present with us. He is present with us. Come to me. And I love this verse 56. He's present with us for when we eat and we drink, we abide in him. We abide in him. You'll see in a few chapters later, which we're not going to read today, but he prays, Father, I desire that these whom you've given me would be with me where, where I am, that the same love that the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in that love and obey. Abide in that love and obey. There's this aspect at the table of the Lord where we're remembering the lamb slain. At the table of the Lord, we're looking forward. This life is for eternity. Every day we're living is for eternity. And at the table of the Lord, I abide with you today. I dwell in your love today. I live in that love today and I obey your commandments. Chapter 7, verse 37. The last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He says, are you thirsty? Essentially, come to me and drink. And when you come to the Lord to drink, the God who turned water into wine will turn your drink into a river. Come to me and drink, and out of your belly of your heart full rivers of living water. When you put fish and loaves in his hand, it multiplies. When you take the sip from his cup, a sip becomes a river. His economy, his ways are not the ways of the world. He can take what little we have and multiply it. He can take what we think is just one... Uh, coming for prayer, I don't know, it's, I, I got it filled up last year, you know, I don't need another, you don't understand, guys, you're thirsty, come get a drink, yeah. yesterday's bread is not good enough for today, awesome. yesterday's drink is not good enough for today, yeah. I think it's why the early church, they, they gathered daily to pray, they daily took communion, they were daily remembering, looking to the future, and abiding daily, every day, it was more than just routine and ritual. This was life. In him was life. In the new, we, When we gather, we come to him. When we gather, we know he's the God in the midst of us. Amen. Are you thirsty? Come to me and drink. Obviously, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit that would come. In John 10, 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's his promise to us. i saying, God, it's the prayers that I've been praying over myself. I've been struck with this reality, like, Lord, I, I know I'm living in my dreams, but, Lord, I, this that I'm living, I, I don't want it if I can't have you. And I think sometimes I become so afraid, and I enter into the fear thing again because I think, well, everything has to happen in order so that the bills can get paid and this can happen. i got to stick to the budget, and i got to stick to this thing. And th- these are all good things. I know you hear budget, and some of you start scrolling out but uh these are good things these are stewarding moments these are things where god has given us and we're doing the stuff and we're and i just i'm i'm having these moments these past few months these past few weeks with the lord saying don't forget to do it with me don't forget to lead with me don't forget to build with me don't forget to read with me don't forget to walk with me the end of the day, this whole thing started because God desired family and he created a man and woman to walk in the cool of the day with. And he's looking for a wedding for a bride who's made herself ready. Do you want to know why he's purifying you and making you holy? So he can be with you. It's not because he just wants perfect people. He knows you're imperfect. It's why he sent his son. And so he made a way so he could be with you because that's what he wants. That's what this is about. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for your time. He's jealous for your affection because from the beginning, it's his desire. He dwells in family, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So he created us so that we could be family. In fact, he says he takes the lonely and he places them in family. And it says that we are all part of a body. Who's the head? Who's the is Jesus? But who's the arm, the leg? I don't know. But we got to come together to be the body. He wants us to come together, but so that we could be with Him. Father, I desire that these whom You give me that they would be with me where I am. In John twelve, we see that He's asked a question about the the, the non Jews right. He's telling everyone, come, come, follow me. He said, okay, well, what about the, those that are not Jews? They want to come and see Jesus. Let's read chapter 12, verse 20. Have the worship team come on up. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. I guess they were too afraid to go by themselves, they had to go get help. him my father will, father will honor. So he's, he's, they're asking this question, hey, we want these, these other guys, they're asking to come see you. And He doesn't quite give them a straight answer, but, but he does answer the question. He's saying, you want them to follow me? Well, let me teach you something. To serve me is to follow me. And where I am, my servant will be also. So if you serve me, if you follow me, my father will honor you. What is he telling them? Hey, listen, you want, these guys want to come see me? They're going to see me through you. They're going to see me through you. These non-Jews will see me as you follow me in the dying and birthing experience. The harvest comes when we follow Jesus where he goes. He was talking about himself. Jesus was going to be the, the grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies and produces fruit. He would be the grain. But he would invite us to do the same, to come, follow me, and die that you might live. Come to me. How do you come to me? You serve me. You obey me. You follow in my ways. Full surrender to Jesus will make us a grain of wheat that multiplies into a harvest. The harvest comes when we follow Jesus where he goes. And if there is death in him, then there is a rebirth in him as well. Some of you are going to be sowed as seen into the ground. And I don't mean literal death. I mean your lives are going to be sown and are sown as seed into this world. You are salt, you are light. And he calls you to be lights that shine, to come and follow me and follow in my way. He says, follow me, come to me, follow me, come and obey. I think coming into 2024, there really is this this invitation. I, I said to my wife, I feel like we're entering into a season of birthing. I feel like the Lord wants to give birth to things through us this year. I feel like he's been making us ready. He's been getting us ready to give birth to things. I feel like there's promises and there's assignments that he's given us that the Lord wants us to take risks on in this coming year. I feel like he wants us to follow him. Bill, I love that he, he didn't know I was speaking on, and I, I was going to ask him because he shared it in first service. I was hoping he would do it during the worship in the second service, and he did I had to share it through first John. I mean, this is the reality. He's the light. He's our light. When we walk in the light, when you walk in the light and believe in him, you become sons or children of the light. He calls us to walk in his ways, to walk in his light, so that we can become, like Bill said, like him. Become sons of light, children of light. It's John 12, 35. And John 12, 42, follow me, walk in the light, believe, proclaim. As I said before, the proclamation of the gospel in 2024 is going to kill the fear of man in you. Some of you, I think, have been struggling with the fear of man. And one of the things, I think probably the main thing that's going to give you victory over the fear of man next year is actually proclaiming and sharing the gospel. Probably over 50% of this room, I don't want to judge. There's no judgment here because I've been there. And this is me too. We need to share the gospel. We need to share the truth of Jesus with the people around us, with our family. We need to let our lives be living epistles. Living testimonies to the people around us. And I think as we do that, we'll step into the fear of the Lord. And I want to end with this. It'll... And you guys can start handing out the communion. I don't know if you guys know this, but but Jesus, he's here with us. The Bible tells us that whenever two or three gather, he's there in the midst. In the book of Revelation, when he's writing to the churches, he's rebuking them for leaving their first love. And he was telling them that one of the answers to coming back to your first love. is to remember that I am the God in the midst of the lampstands. I want to be in the midst of you. I want to be in the center of everything that you're doing. He's here with us when we gathered. Why? Because he promised to be here. This life, Christianity, it's about a person. Jesus. We sing, we worship for what? For a person named Jesus. This God who we serve, he's not deaf and he's not blind. He sees you, he hears, and he responds. And I want to tell you, he sees you today. He sees us, he's here, and he's closer than you think. In fact, if he is the God who is in the midst of us, what does that even mean? God, how could you be in the midst of of me, of us? I think it's more than just, you know, like, He's walking around us. He's the very air that we breathe. He's the very breath in our lungs. He's closer to us than the blood in our body, than the life in our veins. Guys, all this teaching, all this preaching that we do, it's it's all about leading you to Jesus. It's John the Baptist's job, right? Right? His whole life was pointing to Christ. All ministry, all that we're building is about ushering you into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus designed us when he formed us. He created us so that we would become aware of his presence, to feel his presence, to hear his word, to know his voice. He designed our hearts to behold his beautiful face. I think sometimes we can wear ourselves out in life and in ministry when we begin to talk about everything else but him. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. My prayer for myself, Lord, I I want the overflowing of my heart to speak of you. Show me, Lord, what you've been, what I've been putting in, what I've been taking in. Show me, Lord, what areas of my heart, what things that I can let go of to make room for you. I want the abundance of my heart to speak Jesus. I want the abundance of my life to shine Jesus. And guys, when we talk about him, when we talk about Jesus in faith, he comes our way. And he looks our way. And when Jesus comes your way, when he looks your way, anything is possible. And I felt the Lord tell me even in prepping this message. And he's like, Rich, you don't don't need another sermon. Guys, they're good. We're going to preach more sermons. Hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. So you don't need another sermon. You need a head-on collision with the man from Galilee. You need me. You need to encounter my face. And he's still doing it. He still honors the invitations where we say, God, come. We want to see you. He's still after the desperate. He's still after the hungry. Even at the end of 2023, he's after the hungry. And can I tell you a secret? He'll be after the hungry in 2024. I don't know if it was Bill or Colt, one of them rhymes. Uh, they might've did it on purpose, but we want more in 2024. We'll make a t-shirt. He's looking for the hungry. And what amazes me is the one, you know, we, we think we're busy. We think we got a lot going on. But you know, the God you serve holds the whole world in his hands. The earth is his footstool. The heavens are his throne. His face shines brighter than the sun. He's the expressed light and the goodness of the Father. Jesus is the one who destroyed death, hell, and the grave. He holds the keys. He's the one who walked on water to his disciples to remind them that he's the God of Genesis 1 who brooded over the waters. That this one... uh, this God that, you know, we we might know about prayer, we might know about worship, we might know about faith, but we need to know about this one, Jesus. He's the author of our faith, the finisher of our faith, the perfecter of the faith. And John 1 tells us that nothing was made without Him. It was all made by Him. He's got a lot going on. You might say He's a little busy. Okay? But yet this God will stop for you if you want Him. We become so busy we can't stop for God, but this God who holds the world in His hands, He will stop for you if you want Him. If you come to Him thirsty, if you come to Him hungry, He will stop for you. He will give you bread to eat. He will give you water to drink. He will give you of His blood to apply, as Ephesians 3 says, so that when we are far off, He'll draw you near. There is something about him that just doesn't say no to the hungry. And at the same time, there's something about him that will walk right by those who think they have seen it all because he comes to the hungry. The Pharisees, they couldn't see him. And he walked right by them. God, would you give me eyes to see you? John Tyson preached the message, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. And this phrase has been with me ever since. It says, God comes where he's wanted. I'm like, God, we want you here. I want you here. You've been making me ready. You've been making us ready. You've been making us steady. We know you're making us ready for something, Lord. In 2024, we want you. 2024, may you find the people still hungry, still waiting, still looking. You have these elements. I think I'm the only one that doesn't. Someone can help me. Uh, If you're wondering why it's sweet, we have some graham cracker. (laughs) Some of you got the, we have all different communion, but it's all going to work. Why don't we stand together? Guys, I don't come to you with eloquent speech today. I, I don't have a three-point sermon for you. I just have Jesus. And I know the scripture tells us that anytime we come to this table, we need to bring him whatever is not right. And you know what it is. It's every time we come, it's the thing that pops up. Go ahead, take 30 seconds, just you and God. Bring him that. What you need to lay down, what you need to ask for forgiveness for. It's you and God. says on the night that he was betrayed he took the bread and he broke it he said this is my body broken for you he would go to the cross his back would be torn open his head would be pierced his hands would be pierced his feet pierced his side pierced his body broken for you and for me the healing of our disease and our infirmity to make a way for us we thank you God for your body broken I thank you for your body broken I thank you God let's partake together it says in like manner he took the cup Said, so this is why living covenant a new covenant for you every time you gather every time you drink you do this in remembrance of me we remember your blood shed for us Lord for the remission of our sins we thank you that this blood still runs warm today this blood speaks a better word than the accusations this blood speaks a better word than that which we disqualify ourselves over this blood covers us It washes us clean. It removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. Makes a way for us to come to you. This blood draws us near. We thank you for your blood. Let's partake together. And I apologize. I know I'm going over, but I'm going to pray for us. You give us grace. Would you help us? We thank you for what you've done this year. This has been a good year. This has been a good year. Because we have breath in our lungs. We have strength in our body. But most importantly, we have you. You didn't leave us this year. You didn't forsake us. You didn't withdraw. You didn't. Withhold love. We thank you. We thank you. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at Life Center NYC or YouTube at Life Center Church NYC.